welcome back to the Jawadian Podcast. Here we have uh, myself, Ahmed, Lalo, Shakur, Ayana, and we have a guest today, member of the law enforcement community, uh, the eldest son of the Jawadian family, and who this podcast is primarily named after. Oh, can you guys hear me clearly? Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'd like to start by saying assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Peace and blessings to all you guys out there. I think this is a wonderful thing that you guys are doing. I'm a huge fan. And I just want to thank you guys for just taking the opportunity to set up what it is you have, to give your perspectives, the humor, the uh, intelligent discussion, and that forward thinking. I think that's really good. Uh, Ami, thank you very much for the intro. I really appreciate it. Ayana, it's always a pleasure to see you. And uh, Lali, you're my hero. <laughs> I feel uplifted right now. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I wish that there was a little bit of a video for, um, for Shakur, but that's, that's okay. Maybe he can jump in later. Okay, so my name is uh, Jawad Muhammad. I am 40 years old. I'm one of 11 children. Um, I'm a parent myself. I have two wonderful children, a boy and a girl, and they, I'm very proud of their evolutions, their intelligence, and their beauty. I, in my personal life, I have some hobbies, everything from jujitsu to hiking and running, and, but I'm recovering from an injury. In my professional life, I am in law enforcement. I've been in law enforcement for about five and a half years. So any opinions that I give today, now first off, I need to preface that by saying as I'm not a spokesman for the department and I'm not a, a law enforcement official. So um, all of my, my comments today are just gonna be based on, <clears throat> excuse me, my professional experience, my department training, and you know some of my own ex- personal experiences and um, my perceptions. Okay. Okay. So let's hop straight into. Uh, y'all want to go DMX or Derek Chauvin? Um, because I'm I'm pressed for time. I think we should jump on the Chauvin thing right away. Yeah. All right. So Although let's hop straight on to Chauvin. me, the 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 the, the, the X thing was really it hit me kind of. It's tragic. I knew it would. Yeah, yeah, I knew it would. So uh, for those who don't know, Derek Chauvin is uh, the police officer who had his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck uh, back mm-hmm. in the summer of 2020. And right now he's on trial for the murder of George Floyd. Rest in peace, of course. And his defense is that George did not die from uh, the compressions or anything and that it was his uh, heart issues and drug problems. And so just take the floor, guys. What's up? Okay, um, so you said the discussion, just uh, just to clarify, you said the discussion today was um, Eric, Der- Derek Chauvin being on trial for murder of um, George Floyd. George George Floyd. Floyd. Okay, um, my professor, Dr. Ralph Paul, used to say, before two people can argue a thing, they must first come to a definition of the thing they choose to argue. Okay. So if the discussion today is only about his death, then I would like to just focus on the facts themselves. Okay, and not the facts of the case, but the facts of of what it is we're talking about. So if it's, um, aside from my personal opinion, um, when someone commits a murder in society, they're tried for for three things. One essentially would be murder one, or murder in the first degree. Murder two, murder in the second degree, or murder in the third degree. Uh, The least of all of them, However, tragic is murder in the third degree. Okay. okay. Uh, murder in the first would be intention to commit murder. Murder in the second is essentially through your physical action. Like you grab someone, they slip and fall, they hit their head, they die. That's murder too. 
Murder three is through some, some act, they involuntarily they die. Okay? okay. And in this case, the I think the court has decided to charge him with murder two. Um, and he could possibly get stuck for murder two, but I think they are gonna probably shoot for murder three. Second and I ask you guys to remove the emotions from it and the racial connotations from it and just discuss exactly what it is, what the issue is, a man dead. Discuss objectively. Objective, Obje okay. objectively is important. So. All right, Ayana, what, what's on your mind? I'm looking at you. Because I think it's hard to remove all the societal, uh, you know, objectivity from it. Um, but at the same time, because when you explain them and you broke it down and then you had came to murder two, which makes sense that they didn't, re the, the 911 response, right, was about the, the, the faulty bill and, and that sort of thing. So they didn't go there with, with the intent to kill someone. At least that's, that's not how it should have been. So when they got there and their response led to the death of someone, I can see how, how they would argue murder two in this case. However, um, if I'm understanding this correctly, murder two means that the sentence or the, would be a little bit less or significantly less than murder in the first degree, which is you came, you saw, you murdered, right? Mm -hmm. So in, No, you came with the intention to you murder. You came with the intention with the to intention. murder someone. But then I, I think in this case, it's almost, it's almost virtually impossible to remove the racial implications that would cause a person's life to be, um, to be taken on such circumstances, just because if they were, if they, if they were responding to a faulty bill, right? Then they took the person, because we, we all saw the video of him being walked out, different ang camera, camera angles. He wasn't fighting. He was just talking, you know. So that leading to the, the level of restraint, which then led to, you know, someone's knee being on his, his neck for over eight minutes, all of those things leading up, I think it's almost impossible to, to remove the racial implications because you the impression that is there's some racial implications can you tell me what that is well the fact that the fact of the man's race right he's okay. african-american man um and the fact that african-american men have been profiled in the past by police in many situations where we do have factual evidence so it's not like i'm just making it up so we do have factual evidence where uh, african-americans have been given um have been dealt with by the police in more I would say aggressive ways than mm -hmm. other races. Mm -hmm. So, um, so in this case, that could be a, that that could be or appears to be a racial implication when you see that the community is all around, kind of saying, "Hey, man, he can't breathe." You know, is is this a matter of revisiting protocol, or is this? So, I don't really know what to say in this case. If if you ask us to remove that aspect, there's still an issue of a man's life having been taken, right? Okay. So a man's life have been, having been taken under some extreme, like this was very extreme. I've even gone into a grocery store before and found a $20 bill on the street in New York City and been like, I wanna know if I can spend this. And then the lady was like, that's fake. Well, I've done that before. So do you know what I mean? Seeing that escalate to someone's life now being removed, how do we, how do we get justice for him? Okay, well, let's back away from it. Let's talk about what requires justice. Okay. okay. And guys, forgive me for, because for, again, my time is brief, so I just need to just, I'm just going to- It's fine. It's all good. You're good. Okay, so in order to have justice, you have to describe what the injustice is. Can you tell okay. me what the injustice is? The injustice is a man's life was taken under, under 
for, for no, I'm going to say there was no threat he was posing. And so why was his life taken? Okay. And is it, okay. I guess the reason I asked the question that way is because I want to say it's since 2009, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe even the early 90s, there's a technique called the neon neck. It's an actual technique taught to law enforcement. Uh, in the early, I think 2012, it was taught to Minnesota police um, by the Israeli special forces. So it's an, it's an actual technique and the technique is classified as a use of force, okay? I don't know if I ever, um, I'll give you guys a quick rundown on the use of force. In the, in the department that I work for, the, the arm of law enforcement, you can use force on someone for reasons. Now, the reason I, I'm gonna bring this up is because when we look at the situation emotionally, we understand the implications of race and, and culture and society, but we have to ask ourselves, what gives that person, the officer, permission, or um, what gives him the lawfulness to do what he did? Okay, so we back away from that again. And in my department, in order for me to exercise force, I would have to justify it. Force is justified in my department in one way, the protection of self and others. Okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. The protection of yeah. property from destruction, the prevention of a crime, the prevention mm -hmm. of escape, and the recapture of an escapee. Now, the, the key one is to affect compliance with the rules and regulations when all other methods of control are either ineffective or insufficient. Right. Exactly. And to protect the person a from self-harm. Now that I've clarified that, that's the use of force. What is force? Force is the least amount of things you can do to someone. Like you put your hand out and you shove them and say, get back. That's force. Okay? Right. So that's the least amount. The, the, the most amount of force is what we refer to as deadly force. Now, deadly force is something that's a little bit more particular. Deadly force goes into the same thing. You can use deadly force for the protection of self and others. Your life is in jeopardy or the life of someone else, you can use deadly force. Deadly force can also be for the destruction of property if the destruction of that property could cause death or serious bodily harm. Meaning I have a can of gas, I have a lighter, I'm going to do it. You could shoot me because of it. Because I could do it and kill other people. I'm going to ram my car into you shoot me i die to prevent other people so that. in your opinion was the amount of force that he used was it necessary for eight okay. minutes and 46 seconds on his neck okay well I'll, I'll back away from that and saying that i don't know um again i've remo removed myself emotionally and, and and uh culturally ethically racially from that situation i'm dealing only on policy got you um what okay. i'd say in that i what's that no, I, I just wanted to add something. Yeah, I got something to say too. Yes. I, to say. Go ahead, go I was gonna, I was gonna say for sure that um, that the initial uh, the initial response to the crime it, it illustrates a level of force force demanded for the responding uh, officers. So when they respond to a, a scene of a crime, they already have an idea of what that level of force might entail before they even get there. And so they're preparing for that. But when you're responding to the call for say a counterfeit bill or something, you know, most often than not, it's not an exigent circumstance sort of call. So the parties involved, the only time they're gonna be implementing those exigent circumstances and that degree of force uh, or the degree of force that would uh, usually kill someone is if they were met with, uh, like you said, uh, an equal force, a force that either 
put the, the lives of the community in jeopardy, the people in jeopardy, or the individual themselves in jeopardy. And there doesn't seem to be any indication uh, within that, outside of the fact that um, they say after the autopsy that the individual has drugs in his system. Okay, but there's, uh, if the individual has already been subdued by the police, then the level of force to then be executed upon uh, the, the, the victim is, I feel, uh, unjustifiable because he can't meet uh, the opposing level of force to demand such a response from the police. Um, I think the main question here uh, when it comes to the charges is really just between murder two and murder three, okay? Because murder, murder two requires the intentional aspect and I don't think there's much uh, we've, we can say that indicates that there was an intentional uh, side to killing the individual. I'm sorry, Tommy, let me just correct you. That's murder one. Yeah, I don't think oh, murder, murder two is he yeah. used force yeah. and he died. And mm -hmm. murder three is he did something that caused him to die secondary or tertiary. Oh, right. Okay. That's just a different state, sorry. So, yeah. So I think it's that right there. The, the the cause something was done that caused the individual to die yes. rather than rather than uh there, there being this intent because then you'd have to prove that the individual came there with a premeditated which is uh, almost impossible and which is reasoning almost impossible. To kill, without uh, a letter without it. some social media post saying i'm gonna kill a nigga today it's, yeah. it's almost impossible there needs to be corroborating information to support that and uh, um, i don't think and corey was going to say something yeah, I got something to say because um, I'm aware of the, the 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 move that he used on George Floyd. Like, I knew that was a move when he used it, but like, there was like uh, more investigation I did into like the, uh, the uh, what's it called the scene. And when they said he put his uh, knee on the on his neck, he actually lifted up his foot to put even more pressure on his neck. And okay, yeah, he put even more pressure than was Absolutely. necessary. Absolutely. So I was like, then maybe, yeah, he did intend to kill this man when he, not when he came there, but when yeah. he saw what's happening, he was like, I'm gonna get a nigga today. Like, like maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's difficult to prove. That's very difficult that's to difficult prove. That's difficult to prove, again, but that's, it's, it's that's a good point, subject. though. That's your subject. Um, that's your objectivity. I, if uh, people aren't gonna like this opinion, but what I really feel uh, can happen in those types of situations, what I really do feel happen in that type of situation is there could be a sense of catharsis when you know all these people are staring at you and wondering about uh if you're if you're performing your job correctly and everything and all that pressure it, it's not a question of whether or not this uh george floyd was murdered because he was i believe but also you know it's it's more of a negligence thing where the i feel that the officer is there and he's he's overwhelmed by everything that's happening around him and we see this happen all the time in these sort of cases and they don't make the right decisions under pressure and then he's and then he's there and the decision should be to okay you know what back off uh wait for the paramedics we already have him subdued but he's 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 now got this leg in place and he's holding it and he's 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 in shock himself and he lets the entire situation get away with him Okay, again, and let me just give a little pushback on that, all right? Everything you're saying makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to push back on the term murder. I'm going to say death of a man. Because remember, the court has to prove he tried to murder him or he murdered him. We'll talk about the death, okay? Yeah. That's like, let's imagine a doctor 
not providing the right type of um, um, uh, healthcare uh, needs the person they die. We don't know if he intended to murder him. Now, I'll back right. up a little bit further than that. And I will say between 2012 or 2015 to present, there have been 40 people or 40 cases of neon neck. Okay? And okay. there are two types of neon neck. There's a conscious neon neck and unconscious neon neck. Unconscious neon neck is you, you're applying pressure like a rear naked choke and you're intending to cause unconsciousness. That's your intention. We all, anyone who's ever done martial arts or anything like that, or blood choke, you know, you can cause someone to go unconscious. And if you hold it long enough, you could cause them to die. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. just let's back up from the more, from the horrible way it looked and, and uh, the gross nature of what it was we were looking at. Right. Right. With the it's issue hard to do. an authorized procedure following two trains of thought, conscious and unconscious. Now, as far as the use of force goes, there are many other factors that go into it. The court has to find out, okay, so why did you stay in that position? What are the arguments? The crowd's coming around. Is the scene safe? The EMTs were called. What is the scene safe for them to come and render care? So there's yeah. so many things that go into that. Okay. And that's okay. I'm sorry. No, so I was I was just gonna say okay. So if we're zeroing in on to the uh, the fact that even though I think this is a, a ridiculous use of force, a ridiculous policy, because if you need to sh if you need to escalate force, uh, I feel like the, the taser and the gun should they they, they should they help illustrate the level of force um, versus like. The neon neck. Okay, you, it's hard to quantify how much damage that could be done with a, with a technique like this, um, especially for someone who's not like a you know a, a martial arts practitioner to to go ahead and apply this. But anyway, that that aside, so say this uh, this neon neck happens, and now now I think we do have to get into those the nitty gritty those fine numbers of who is this neon on neck being uh, applied to and and what are the cases of this neon neon neck being applied to because if we get in there and we look at the demographic of the of this neon neck technique in the 42 instances that has been applied and we see that it's been disproportionately used to affect pe minorities or people of color then we have to address that then then we're back at square one and the, the racial implications once again have to be applied to this situation because because it's this it's not a very prevalent technique that we're seeing but when when now that we're seeing it and we've seen how devastating it can be we need to get into the nitty-gritty and really understand why this technique is being uh utilized uh let me say something so I, I I get the 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 need for the technique and everything, and I, I I agree to a degree what you're saying, Ami. But let me let me let me branch off a little bit here and say, uh, speaking without any racial bias or anything like that, the mm -hmm. reason why I believe uh, it was murder, or I'm, I'm it's gonna be this is gonna well, sound the court should rule murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because their defense is not anything that we've advocated for them. His defense is that George Floyd died of heart disease. Because of the drugs. Because of the yeah. drugs. That's yeah. his defense. So everything yeah. we've just advocated for him, he hasn't done for himself. Right. He's, he's, he's got some huge whatever to trumped up, trickle down story 
to to make for himself. That's why I don't believe him, and I feel like it should be ruled as murder. Mm. And that's why we have a legal system. Um, right. What yeah. were you gonna say, uh, Shakur? Oh no, it's it just uh, not into law. No, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna back away. You guys remember uh, Philando Castile? That incident? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't and remember it. Can anyone give me a recap of that? What they were aware of that happened? Yeah, I'm trying to educate us. Philando Castile. So, oh, okay, was it me or Ahmed? It doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. so now I'm trying to think. Like, is that the? the it's it's sad because there's so many different cases. Was that the we can't breathe? Was that the first I can't breathe that everyone had on their T-shirts? I'm not sure if that was if that was him or if that was the man that was selling the CDs. So Philando Castile was the man selling the CDs. I, um, let's see I'm right not here. certain. Well, the reason the reason that I bring up that incident, right? I think we have an issue of race in this country. We have an issue of law enforcement, but we also have an issue of optics. Right. And a lot of times, most of our so, most of our social media and most of our media is sort of the, gives one perspective of an issue. Around the same time of the oh, incident. he was the one who was shot when he was with his girlfriend in the when car. She, in the car yeah, she yeah, fa- oh yeah. my yeah. god, that one was horrible. Yes, okay. Recap: Philando Castile. Wow. Um, he was That's, in the he was in the like car. It was, um, it was a, a traffic stop or something. He was in the car with his girlfriend and his daughter in the back seat. I remember that. Four wow. years or two years old. She was a child. Yes. And they were stopped. I believe it was a tail light or something like that. It was a traffic stop. Yes. And it ended up in Philando Castile being, being I'm going to say murder, right? I think being that's shot. what the court came up with, right? Right, court, being shot to death yes. um, while his girlfriend was live streaming it. So yes. it, it, it was another, once you, again, you said like tragic situation, but also with a racial implication. That is tragic. It was very... I don't know if there was race involved. I know. I thought there's... the officer was white, or was he was he Hispanic? That's not white. race. Let's let's That's let's say race. this. Let's say this. Okay. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Do I don't like to. Say that? I don't like to jump to the conclusion that everything is racially based. If it is, okay. then mm-hmm. it is. But I do not like when there's a white opposing a black, and the instant thought is there's something racial about this. Well, that's right. where people's it, mind it, goes because that, of the history no. of our country. I know, but no, you can't, I believe that, they do it, that. That's not logical. It doesn't. It doesn't sorry, make sense. No, I was just going to say it's not logical. It doesn't make sense. To go straight to just, race. Right. We can't assume race. Oh, I don't think the officer oh, was white know, at, oh, at all. The, the, I know, the but that line, I know, but that line of thought that you keep using, like, you know, that's, that's the one. When we, no, we came <laughs> on here initially and said, we're, we're going to address this without highlighting racial implications. Right. Yes. But I'll all the way, example. like you said, the optics of this and the way that it's always put out there is white cop, black, black man, or Hispanic cop, okay. black man, something black man, black man, black man. This is the way that it's put out there. It's not me yes. making this up or pulling it out of a hat. Absolutely. So, and I this, think that sways the viewpoint of society where they're like, there's a problem and they didn't find him guilty, but they, they don't know the way the law works. And the law is not designed to protect white people. Maybe it was, a, it was used at one, at one time, but it's not designed, it's not interpreted nowadays protect the white guy okay, okay. so you, the reason i brought up the, the castile incident the philando because it, it brings in use of force again okay yes but i i'm gonna and that's why that found, that man was found also there's one other caveat to the use of force it's the reasonable man the reasonable man would be i'm in law enforcement ami's in law enforcement uh corey's in law enforcement each one of us have similar training and have been on the, the force similarly the amount same amount of time 
I may stab someone in the eye with a fork uh, because they talk back to me. And Ami may talk this, this um, mentally ill patient down from, from attacking people. And uh, Corey may talk a mentally ill person down from, from killing people or hurting himself. And I just stabbed him in his eye with a fork. Both of them together would be that my actions were not reasonable because two or three or five or six other people in my situation would have not done the thing that I considered to be reasonable. Now, okay. the reason I brought up that Castillo incident is because at the same time, there were two officers in Minnesota that responded to um, an Australian woman who heard some type of uh, noise in her backyard. She thought a woman was being sexually assaulted. I don't know why this never made the news. Um, the officers arrive, two officers arrive in a car. They, may, they look around the scene, they don't see anything. They call to the control center and let the control center know that all is clear. There's no issue of a person in the, in the dark in the alley. So the woman comes out of her house to wave the police to say, hey, this is my testimony. This is what I saw in the guy that called. Both officers in the car were afraid for their life. They drew their guns. One officer, Muhammad Noor, fired and killed her through the car. Officer Noor was charged with second degree murder. Mm. Now she died. She didn't do anything. She just came to say, hey, this is what's going on. Help me, help me. He shot her and killed her. Same time as the other incident. Wow. That's what I mean by optics. Now, they, they, they gave him like 12 years in jail, I think. But this is in 2017. And the reason they gave him that is because they found out, they, they said, well, you committed an act. Whether it was just, it would be seen that the act could have been justified because you were afraid. But there's a whole bunch of other negligence, like site picture, site target, the things that happened beyond the target, mm -hmm. the fact that you couldn't really identify the target. And I think all those things sort of play into it. There are many incidents of each time there's an incident with a black officer, black person being killed by a white person, mm. that a cop is doing, a black cop or a Latino cop is doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm, because yeah. unfortunately, these, you have to follow the orders given by the officer. People don't understand that because they think they're being disrespected. Or, mm -hmm. Just know that if an officer gives you an order, you actually have to follow the order. If the order is unlawful, you can stay in a position and tell him to get a supervisor, but there are things that you're doing that go against the policy and the training that, are, that actually put you in violation because remember, protection of self and others. He has to go into his family. He thinks you might do something. He reacts appropriately or inappropriately. And I think that is the thing that the public misses. They see dead, black, bad. Right. Dead, okay. black, bad. Dead, okay, dead, I get black, what you're bad. saying. Yeah, and that makes sense. Also, I'll give you an example personally. In my field, I had an incident of use of force, right? Where I was investigated for excessive force. Uh, there was a guy and I pat searched him. He threw something at me, I pat searched him and they felt that the way I pat searched him was an excessive use of force. Just a simple pat search. The way I did it was an excessive use of force. They didn't say he sexually assaulted five of his own kids, which he did. They didn't say that he, he threw a pen at me, so he needed to die. They just looked at the situation and said, reasonable man. They said, use of force. In that situation, Officer Muhammad used too much force in his pat search and was unprofessional. So they found me guilty of a few things. The, well, they found, they investigated me for a few things and they threw them out and just, just dealt with violation of policy, um, excessive use of a pat search, not in need of further interrogation or um, central office investigation. Okay, so these things can happen. Now, I think a murder one would be social media posts, 
expressing racial epithets, that sort of thing. And um, I think that we that it's it's important that we let the court do its thing because how do we come up with the Miranda? Because the guy named Miranda was killed without his rights. Well, he was not read his rights, excuse me. And you know, so the, the laws are in place. If you said they were put there for um, for racial motivations and to oppress people, that's fine. They're there now, and we use them to our benefit. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's the thing that we have to pay a closer mind to. Yeah. So as of now, there's no complete consensus that we could reach about the situation until the court fully goes through. They've I mean, been going for 10 days now, I think. And, and there's a jury of his peers. And even after they make a decision, he can appeal it. We just have to allow that system to take place because we know if we're in that situation, we have to allow justice <laughs> to take place for our own safety. And for our own we can't safety. appeal nothing. He's dead. Um, um, <laughs> oh, that's, the, the, that's the thing, you know, I, I think I think there is a consensus here. I think that you shouldn't, the, the punishment and the response to the crime should always fit the crime. Okay, so if you're going to send eight officers to respond to a counterfeit bill claim, do that. But don't let that turn into uh, the death of a man, you know? Oh, 100%. I agree with yeah, you. But the, remember, the issue is not the call. The issue is, is when you get there, what you're faced with. So the use of force was clearly yeah. taken out of proportion or wasn't used properly in this case. Because even if you look at the video, there are a few officers around him. And now I don't know what else he's. The only thing we get is what's in the video and the bits that we can hear him saying, right? That, so we don't know every single second of every. You know what I mean? But we did get quite a bit of information on what was recorded, and it it it's not like he was walking off and saying, "Oh, f this, f that, let me go," trying to fight. It didn't look that way. It didn't sound yeah. that way. But obviously, I wasn't the officer holding him, so it does seem like the use of force. It was it was there was too much force used in this case this is what yeah, it looks like guy, from, i mean if the guys or misuse of force if the guy's misuse. coming at you or or so yeah if the guy's coming at you you know go ahead and and use the taser put him down and, and then subdue him and get and get that over with rather than um do all this you know right hand, then, hand, then, hand, then, hand then, fighting and all this crap and chokeholds and shit. but um, you know what ahmed i want to say one thing ahmed said like about the fact that um Ah, I lost my train of thought. Damn it. Because, um, oh, uh, no. Okay, go ahead, Joy. I can't remember what I was going to Well, say. I think, uh, just to piggyback on what Ahmed said about using a taser, you have to understand, when you see someone convulsing a taser, all that sort of thing, or scream with their eyes covered with either pepper spray or the freezing spray. It's important to know in law enforcement, that is the least amount of force. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I remember okay. what I was going to say. Okay. Right? I know we're about to be hitting time, but right. isn't it the responsibility of the people that are trained to quote unquote serve and protect? They know there'll be an extenuating circumstances on a daily. Shouldn't yes. they be held to a higher standard of how they yes. react regardless yes, of the absolutely. stresses that they're absolutely. under and the fact that they're nine oh. out of 10 times they're going to be having a crowd around them. So yeah. to say he was stressed, he was stressed shouldn't law enforcement considering that this is their job right if mm -hmm. i'm i'm a seamstress my job is to know how to sew to know when a seam is wrong to, uh -huh. to you know i mean i yes. wouldn't expect a random person to know that so if his job is to manage people and to keep law and order if that is his line of work mm -hmm. shouldn't he be trained to handle situations that get out of control where oh, people are not listening to him he, shouldn't he be trained if you are going to be in law enforcement 
on a daily basis, you're going to be dealing with people who are violating the law, either Absolutely. intentionally, unintentionally, right? Someone may have a traffic light broken they didn't know about, or they, they have, they're not up on their insurance and they're driving this way. There's so many situations where law enforcement have to deal with. So shouldn't he have training on, you know, stress training? Shouldn't, shouldn't they have stress training? Absolutely. I mean, he actually, he does have stress training. He does. Right, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to take hold a diplomatic on. approach here. Right? No, nah, so, hold on. I, uh, I have something to say to that because um, there's like this person I listen to a lot, and he doesn't talk a lot about uh, what's it called. He doesn't talk a lot about politics and stuff like that, but there was one person who asked him a question, and he like hit on it for a couple seconds, and he was like, uh, the thing is about like thing about how some cops are handled, it's like their, their training. He said, it's like it's go back to their training because mm-hmm. it takes eight years to be a lawyer, he said, but it takes a couple months to be a cop. Like, Just a couple months. It takes a couple months. He's like, he's like, okay, you're. This is still a human being. He was like, I get that. Because so sometimes they aren't like, they're probably not prepared because again, eight years to be a, uh, eight years to be a healer. I mean, a, a lawyer. So like, it takes eight years to practice law, and then like, it takes a couple months to enforce law. So I understand that, but the people that are enforcing law, regardless of the amount of years it takes, so, they're still making commitment to manage the lives of other people every single day, and that should be taken seriously. And that's, and that's why, why this, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This last point that I'm going to make, I think, is is of intense value. It's paramount. And Yana, what you said is, shouldn't they know more? Shouldn't they be trained? Ami confirms, yes, they are trained. This is why the slogan defund the police is one of the most bizarre like unhealthy statements or positions to take it's about the reason that, that about they need funding or the okay, i'm sorry i said that one also the the headlines is is an issue that we have in this country too with all that clickbait shit because when you get into what they mean they really just mean restructure and train and send the right people to manage mental health cases versus this case versus versus just gen- general someone shooting up a place so yes. that's what defund the police is about. But when you say defund the police, it sounds like an attack against the police versus you saying, here are some methods that the police need to implement to improve the departments. I know, it's but that, that's- to sound, It's supposed to sound that way to get people to read shit. Exactly. Because like, that, that's yeah, why- people, I, just <laughs> read, people just read the headlines and then that causes more issues. Okay. And that's, that's why I say that before you can argue a thing, you have to come to a definition of it. So it's, there's yeah. no way to be able to say, Black Lives Matter without defining exactly what it is you're talking about, without saying defund the police, you have to define what you're talking about. Because if you just give a headline, emotions to him, emotions to him, emotions to her, and everyone's responding based on what they think you mean rather than you defining it, and they and they giving their thoughts on what you define. Now, as far as the defunding part, um, there are a few factors that go into it. I think my training was five weeks. Okay. Right. Me personally, my solution to the world, to all the problems that we face today, my personal belief is each other. It's not the government. It's not legislators. You can't make laws that save everyone's life. It's each other. It's your neighbor. It's your sister, your brother, your family members. I think we are the ones that save everything. Now, um, I, I mentioned that to say that the police are undertrained. Doesn't matter how much money they get, and how many tanks they get. Some agencies have like armored vehicles. They steal things from uh, cartels, but they, whatever they, they see, they get like 74% of it or something like that, some agencies. Now, the defunding, the funding part is working with the clergy, working with an imam in an area, working with a priest in an area. That's the defunding part. That's the funding part that hasn't happened. Police coming in the inner cities and meeting with human rights groups and, and asking them questions about things they see in the community and how they could possibly interpret it. 
I think that's where the problem is with the funding aspect. And then the training. A lot of these guys can't fight. They don't know jujitsu. They don't know wrestling. They don't know active communication and um, de-escalation techniques, social interaction. So they can't talk you down. Like I talk two guys, two gang members down from fighting. All right? It's not a special gift. You just have to feel comfortable around people. Yeah, and you have to know that regardless of whatever anyone else has done, there are commonalities. And I think that the, in, in my experience in law enforcement with the guys that I know and the guys I work with, not everyone, some people take strength in numbers rather than strength in their own, um, their own um, ability. Yeah. Okay. Their own skill set, their own abilities. And I think that's the bigger problem because you can see an old lady or a mental health patient flaring with a weapon in their hand with no coordination. You can look at them and see, this person has no coordination. They can't even use that weapon. Mm -hmm. And you could tackle them. You know, you can disarm them. You can hold them in a dominant jujitsu position or wrestling position until someone a help get providing the scene is safe, providing everyone circling and trying to harm you. But I think law enforcement departments don't have that level of training. But a lot of times, the people who are trained in policing don't live in the area. Mm. So they're not invested in the community emotionally the same way. Um, and it's just it's just an unfortunate situation. It's it's a terrible situation. Yeah. That uh that that um that George died and everything. That's and hard. really, really, what it comes down to it is like you know, Derek. You know, we know you probably didn't try to kill this guy, but the actions that you took, you know, you know, extended past, you know, the the extended past department policy and and, and cost a man his life and. You think you should go to jail, and um, yeah, you know, because Joanna and I both worked as uh, in habilitation and has has habilitation specialists for handicapped children and stuff, and we had uh, techniques and everything to subdue uh, those those uh, individuals as well, and um, when I when I look back and think of that, and, and think of uh, those those people that we worked with. And if I had subdued anyone in that and in, in some of those situations that led to a death, I think it doesn't change the nature of of the work and everything. It's like, hey, look, you know, your your goal is to neutralize and to subdue um, whatever potential threat there is to the individual and the others in the in the surrounding area. And we're, you're not in, you're not at war. This okay? So the level of threat that that you're using has to constantly and consistently be evaluated while you're out there and and working with the public, you know. And you you've got to remember that. And in those high stress environments where there's multiple people and stuff, you you've got to be prepared for that. And it, and if you're not prepared for that, then these situations happen, and um, there are consequences. I just don't see any way of escaping consequences here. And mm. it's just that there's no way that I can see that Derek should imagine that he can escape consequences here. But um, I don't know if you guys can continue. I uh, do have to go. No, um, I would just so... like to say thank you very much, guys, for the opportunity. I want to I want a special thanks to uh, Shakur and Salalu for what it is you guys are doing. I think yeah, it's a very beautiful awesome. thing. I would like to see more of it. And I wish you the best. I wish you the best in economic success and um in your just your, your broad understanding of the world and the impact that you're going to have on other people as they listen to these um discussions all right they all they all don't have to be as serious as this and have people who really don't have professional uh experience in articulating policy like me but um 
I, I just want to thank you guys. It means a lot to me what you guys are doing. I'm inspired by it and I find it to be very beautiful and it's revolutionary. It is very revolutionary. You guys have a different perspective on the world as young black Muslim men. And I think the world is hungry for that. It doesn't know it needs it, but it does need it. You guys are the savior of tomorrow. I mean yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean you are the savior. And I'll give you an example of why you're the savior of tomorrow is because you raised in this country, you understand the implications of race and you don't do like the racist and mistreat other races because you know the way the system is. Right. And I think that sets us as black people apart from everything is the majority of us understand we have all these presidents that don't represent us, that look different from us, and we still vote for them. We still support them. Right. We're forgiving people. We, we allow our, our people that go in jail for things. We welcome them with open arms when they come back. We don't, cancel culture is not part of black culture. Not it doesn't exist. We're people that believe in redemption. That's a, exactly. a principle of just about every religion. That you can be forgiven for what you do and move on. But we can't allow that part of our soul to be lost. And I think you guys are, are instrumental in, in keeping that um, energy alive and preventing those things from happening. I mean, it's, a wonder, it's wonderful seeing you. Um, Ayana, always a pleasure. Shakur, I'm proud of you, man. I really appreciate what you're doing. And <laughs> thank you very much for giving me the I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and oh, one other thing, too, I, with the success of you guys, I would love to see YouTube video. I would love to see video of the podcast and um, a, a YouTube channel and also on Spotify, Spotify has video and whether it's video of Lalu, you as the moderator just talking alone okay. to everyone and maybe small pictures of each one of them. But I think it's cumbersome to look at all of this, but it would just you and pictures of the people you're talking to, I think would, would um, be an interesting introduction. Thank you very much, okay. guys. Have a wonderful day. Thanks okay? for joining, Joanna. Yeah. Awesome. Right. All right. We'll see you around. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys. That, was, that, was, that was really good. We, yeah, we that was go nice. Uh, I think that yeah, should be the name of our episode. Consequences, Ami. I like that. Consequences. Yes, that's a good one. Ooh.